I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everybody and welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson The Secret 2. I'm joined by the lovely Danny Donovan, star of The Apprentice. Um, when I popped up on my Instagram that you were coming on today, I got some lovely questions. Do you, would you feel comfortable answering them? They're all yeah. very nice. Oh, so okay. they're nice and I don't mind. Mate, I wasn't joking when I said they were all of, like loads were about makeup. Somebody's like, what mascara do you use? Your eyelashes always look fab. Okay, so that's actually a funny one because I am a lash extension girl. I have been since forever. But uh-huh. in the house, I use the Charlotte Tilbury. I think it's called Plump something. It's like yeah. a, in a pink tube. Um, but yeah, absolutely love that. Oh, okay, great. Good one. Another one. What foundation do you use? Because you're always glowing. Oh, I love that. Um, not, not, glowing, not glowing orange, I hope. <laughs> but I that's actually not, that's use, me today. <laughs> no, I actually use um, the Laura Mercier Tinted Moisturiser, the oil-free one in shade Tawny. It is so good. And if you put a bit of Charlotte Tilbury powder over that, it's just like wearing foundation. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. And the next one, somebody wanted to know more more business based yeah we've moved on (laughs) Uh, what was the hardest part of the apprentice and she also put hashtag danny to win so i love that thanks um so i think the hardest part of the apprentice was um i've got to say just adjusting to being in that environment being surrounded by people but feeling lonely and just having to sort of psych yourself up um, and think right i'm here to do a job and just constantly reminding yourself why you're there I feel like it, it it must just be hard to be so like because you're so you run an extension business, don't you? Like a salon. Yeah. So like so do going from that to all of these different challenges all the time and with a bunch of it's a very big adjustment, isn't it? It is a big adjustment, but I think it's crazy. I, I mean, I remember thinking, oh, I don't really know much about marketing or I don't really know well obviously I know a bit about what I do but I don't know anything about dog food or immersive experiences but it's crazy as a business owner how you learn this set of skills that are so easily transferable to different industries and I was quite surprised myself by how much you actually do know about business yeah no but that makes sense I suppose you thought you were just an expert in your field but actually it's like can be applied to anything Yeah, exactly that. It's just things like, I don't know, even just building a rapport with people. I think that's the most important thing about having a salon is you meet so many different people every day. And I feel like that really helped me when speaking to clients on The Apprentice or doing pitches and stuff like that, because it just makes it so much easier. I was expecting you to say when you were wearing Antigua. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a transferable set of skills to that. I know how to uh, sunbathe and dance. So, <laughs> no, you looked a bit frustrated at one point. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I think I found that really hard to navigate because I mean, in that first episode, I think I looked quiet. And I think obviously as the 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 show's unfolded, you can see that I'm definitely not. But I think I was just sat there just taking it all in thinking like, is this how the process is going to be? Because if it is, I don't think I'm going to stay here very long. Yeah. Would you think it was just people like feeling each other out and like their own insecurities coming out and stuff like that? I think so. I think it's just a case of being the the loudest and the the proudest and the biggest and the boldest in the room, which is something that I feel like you should never try to have to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's just everyone kind of trying to find their feet, everyone just clashing opinions. I mean, these are not people you've chosen to hang out with. They're people that you've been forced into an environment with. As well, like the early doors, everybody's just desperate to make an impression, aren't they? Like they've seen people come out of this and create like careers for themselves. They've seen people come out of here and and have like businesses. Obviously they've seen people win. Like it must just be one of those where they're like, I want to make an impression and I want to do it fast. Yeah, exactly that. But I think that is a little bit of a mistake because you don't want to kind of create an impression of yourself that you're not. I think you need to kind of, it's a balance between sort of being there, having good contributions, but not sort of taking it too far or or sort of doing anything you don't stick by. Yeah. And out of like everybody who you did this experience with, is there anybody who you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to keep in touch with them. They were amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a couple of them, actually. Um, Reese being one, he was such a laugh, honestly. From the minute we met in Antigua, I remember turning around and being like to him, we're going to be friends. Um, and we have, we, we have been ever since. Um, obviously, Rochelle, um, she also is a hairdresser. And I think a lot of people expected there to be competition or whatever. But yeah. we found so much comfort in the fact that we both did the same thing. Um, yeah. We've had so much in common. Um, so it was really nice. I think we'll be friends forever. I love that. Honestly, mate, when I went in the jungle, like, not that I knew this at the time because I was in the jungle, but um, it was me and Fern and everybody was like, oh, are they going to get along? Oh, they've had this history. Oh, like two gobby girls from different TV shows, like North versus South, like typical media, like they completely pitted just two strong women against each other. And the second she got in there, I was like, you are going to be my best friend. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I needed that so much, like... And I'm not being disparaging about the other people in the jungle, but there's absolutely, there was a hierarchy, right? And like, if you Mm -hmm. were reality TV, you are right at the bottom of that. Yeah. And like, you know, I felt like everybody, when we'd already got in and like formed a bond and was friends and had like their own little relationships and everything. And me and Fern just come in like this reality TV scum that nobody (laughs) wanted to be friends with. And I was just so pleased that she had my back and I had hers. And I, I, I totally get that, mate. Yeah, it's so nice. And I think that's the thing. That's what people like to see. Like, although yeah. people probably wanted to see people in the jungle arguing, they probably also like to actually see people forming real relationships. It's like, it's relatable, isn't it, to people? And that's what reality TV is, I suppose. It's just seeing yeah. people for what they are. Don't get us wrong. We're all like a bit of drama. We're all like a bit of controversy. You don't, you, you want a tiny bit of that. But ultimately, yeah. like, I just want to watch nice people do well. And I think people will have seen, like, you and Rochelle form this, like, 
like I suppose in a sense like unlikely bond if people were hoping it would go a different way and just like support each other and flourish that's proper boss bitch energy that miss exactly that and I think that is definitely what we both promote just basically like you say just raising other people with you and I think it's always good to do things like that you never know who who you might need help from or who can help you in the future so I think it's definitely nice to to sort of keep it that way I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Right. I'm going to ask something controversial now. On the other side of that, is there anybody who you're like, well, I wouldn't mind never seeing that prick again? To be honest, I am quite the diplomat. So, I mean, I I, I really am. I I know. I I remember when I was doing interviews and stuff, they'd always say to me, Danny, you're so diplomatic. Like, Mm. and I'd be like, I know it's just because like, I would never want to come unstuck and I would never want to say something now that I wouldn't say to somebody's face um so I mean like it's actually quite nice because they're people you probably wouldn't ever normally have met or you would never have crossed paths with but it's actually really interesting just to chat to them and I find everyone interesting to be honest everyone's got something that you can make common ground with Oh, you are so diplomatic. <laughs> so nice, so lovely. I'd <laughs> never be a politician, would I? <laughs> no. Actually, maybe you'd be a really good oh, politician. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so on the show, you kind of, you guys say some pretty cheesy things like I'm hungry for success and like I eat success for breakfast and stuff like that (laughs) I want to know do you come up with these yourself or is somebody like please say this and you're like okay tell me I really wish that I could say there's a script and you read it (laughs) (laughs) but you don't (laughs) but you literally just think right okay uh, there's how many other thousand people apply for this I want them to pick me like yeah. what can I say like I remember there's actually a clip and I don't know why they used it and it's basically of me I don't know you probably haven't seen it but it's me being like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I'm the best thing sliced bread since sliced bread I don't even want to be sliced bread it always ends up in the toaster don't stay fresh for long and I think where the hell did that come from <laughs> Oh, oh, no. No, honestly, don't worry because I look back at some, I'm totally the same. Like, and I think even if you are being authentic in yourself, like it's such a different space, like cameras in your face, like trying to, you want to do well. And I look back at some of this stuff. I used to say and there's the and people obviously have made fucking memes and stuff out of all of mine yeah. so I, can, I can never escape them like I think I'm even a gif as well and oh, oh honestly I just pray it doesn't, yeah I just pray it doesn't happen to you so you can just be like no you move on it wasn't me yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't know what you're on about <laughs> um I suppose I really want to know like how you got your like how you got your start within business like when you were at school, did you always know like like a, a really academic um, journey wasn't for you? You wanted to be in a more of a like vocational a, a arena. So do you know what's actually really funny? Because it was the complete opposite. I was actually really bright at school. Yeah, like well, I you did. You can tell like, you're smart, mate. I wasn't really No, but I mean, I was very like, I I, I was always very like um, studious. And I, and I got like, I did like triple science and, and I was oh, always God, like, yeah, I did. I did oh. like triple science, history and geography in my GCSEs. I didn't even do no food tech, no nothing like that. I didn't <laughs> give myself a break. But like, I, I remember, 
people, I always sort of loved, um, I loved school. I really did. I can remember from a young age. Um, and I also did love like hair, beauty, stuff like that. And I think my mum never sort of put pressure on me to, to be studious, but she always said to me, you're not going to college. You're not doing hair and beauty. Like you need to go to, to university or whatever. So when I actually finished my GCSEs, I mean, I don't know how much of the story you want me to tell so I finished my GCSEs and I actually um thought right I want to go to like a school in a different area and I went to a sixth form and it was like a really good one at the time and I just remember I think that was a turning point for me because I just absolutely hated it there was Mm. so much pressure to sort of um be a certain way and I was from Harlow the school was in Hertfordshire and I just feel like everyone sort of looked at me as if I was stupid the teachers looked at me a little bit like I was stupid and I was like the longest standing member of homework club and I think oh, that is quite I was honestly I used to know everyone else each term would be let out of homework club that they'd be able to sort of like re- be released but I was always no Danny straight in homework club after school on a Tuesday and I'd be like oh for good sake and I sort of started to rebel a little bit stopped going into school in sixth form um and I actually remember my history teacher like I went up to him before my history at A-level and I said look I'm not going to do this I said I don't have a clue what I'm doing I went to his classroom he's like just revise just a tiny bit I had 20 minutes I made a mind map on the 1905 revolution and my whole history exam was on the 1905 revolution so I ended up getting a B but anyway I left I I know I thought how did I do that but then I remember leaving I thought right I'm gonna just try and get a job I want to earn some money I don't want to go to uni um and I tried working in recruitment and I just absolutely hated having Mm. someone tell me what to do like I remember my boss would be like you're five minutes late for five days in a row I'd be like oh shut up like you can't talk (laughs) you can't talk to me like that and I obviously it was just cheeky like I wasn't being horrible but then I just thought what can I do like I'm just going to do a hair extension call Uh so my dad actually booked it for my birthday my 18th birthday I think it was on my 17th birthday and it was like 300 quid and I'd done the course and I thought right, I'm going to do this. Three months later, I thought I'm going to leave my job. I started doing it in my mum's shed and it's just all gone from there, basically. It got a bit busy. Like my mum would be trying to sunbathe in the garden in the summer and there's all these girls coming through the back gate. So she was like, look, Dan, you're going to have to move on. So then I thought, I'm going to look for a premises. And I was 19 and I just remember looking at this shop and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And I think at the time I was like, I, I, I was 19. I had no other responsibilities. Yeah. I, I had no bills and I thought, why not? And I'm so mm. glad that I decided to do that because I think if I was maybe 25 when I was thinking about taking on a premises, I maybe wouldn't have taken the risk. I would have thought, yeah. I've got bills to pay. And I think that's the thing. When you're younger, you are so fearless. And I think mm. that's one thing I'll forever be grateful for is that I just took those risks. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Risks. And it's so true, you know, when you are younger, like you're not as a, I don't think you're as afraid of what could happen, you know, like the older I've got, the more cautious I've become, honestly, and even anxious. Like I'm constantly Mm -hmm. worrying about the what ifs and my inner critic rage is louder than ever. And it's a real shame because when I was younger, like I didn't know half the stuff I know now. And I just thought I had it all figured out. Um, But it's obviously worked to your advantage, mate. Was Alan Sugar really impressed with that story? Um, I don't even know if I ever got a chance to tell him that story, but I think it was actually really nice because I think he, from the start, realised what I was about and he realised that I was going to be honest. And some people have said, like, they said, oh, it looks like he gives you a really hard time and stuff in there. But I actually felt I had a lot of support from Mm. him, Karen. um, And it was actually really nice last night. She said some really nice things about me and why he liked me um, on Your Fired. And she just said that I basically will get stuck in. She actually said that I treat every task like it's the Champions League final. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that is so true. Like, I'm here to do a job. (laughs) Oh, I love that. It must have been so validating to hear those things from people who are like clearly experts in that field. Oh, 100%. And I think you do sort of doubt yourself. And I know it sounds like very cliche, but because I am very common and I am sort of like a little bit, not scatty, but I I just sort of am very like 100 miles an hour. I was worried that I wouldn't be taken seriously. Um, So I think it was nice just to, like you say, have that validation. But also as well, babe, like I think success looks different and like the people who are achieving and doing well like it's become broader like back in the day like it did used to just used to be like old white men who were allowed to be rich and successful didn't it but like now I think we're the it's it's changing we've got progress like young gorgeous girls are entrepreneurs you know and like I think that the apprentices rolling with those punches and having people like you on is so important because it gives young lasses somebody to look up to, you know, they realize like me, I remember when I was younger, this is so embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm about to fucking say this out loud. <laughs> but I remember one of my, like, this was when I was about 15. I wanted to be a wag. No, no, I, I think we've all wanted to do that at some stage. I mean, don't get us wrong. Whenever any world cup rolls around, I was like, fucking hell, they look like they've got a good life. But yeah. like, I remember being like, yeah, I want to be a wag. Like, but that's because like <laughs> all we had to sort of look up to was, you know, your Cheryl Cole, your Victoria Beckham sitting at bed and bed and looking unreal. Like it's yeah. so nice that there is different people, like there's different options for young lasses to look up to now. Like there's you on The Apprentice, like showing like, I did this myself from the age of 19. Like I, I work for me up from my mom's shed. Anybody can do it. You know, it's like lovely to see that there's influencers of different sizes and shapes. Like, I just think it's important that young women are seeing this representation, this visibility and feeling like anything is possible. Yeah. And I really agree with that because I feel like it is so easy to fall into a trap of looking online and thinking, wow, their life's perfect. Or it's so easy to kind of put barriers in your way when starting a business as a young person and think, oh, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. I literally, my dad booked that course as as a birthday present and I literally just worked and worked and worked, saved up some money, like without it's not a sob story, but I haven't ever had handouts. That that birthday present from my dad was literally the only the sort of handout that I did have the shop 
did it all myself, like everything I've done myself and that I am really proud of. And I would hope that that would inspire other people that it, it can be done. You don't need loads of money to start a business. You just need something that you're really passionate about and something that you really believe in. Do you know what? That is really inspirational, Danny. Like, I, I, I know you probably won't say yourself that way. You're so modest, but no, you really are. I'm, I'm pleased that there's like young lasses like you for, for girls to look up to. Um, I wanted to know if you had any advice to my listeners who are potentially considering starting their own business. Um, what, what would you advice would you give them? So my biggest, excuse me, my biggest piece of advice would be don't listen to anybody else. Um, I think it's so easy to let other people give you their opinion or say, don't do this or do that. But I would say just go for it. Like the worst that can happen, this is my philosophy on life, right? And it is a little bit deep, but I'm going to show you. You told me you wanted to be a wag, so I'll tell you my philosophy on life. <laughs> You're never <laughs> my- going to let me live that down, are you? <laughs> <laughs> my philosophy on life is basically the worst possible outcome of any situation, anything at all, is that it will kill you, right? Yeah. And if it kills you, you won't even know about it. So just <laughs> go for it. like. And I would just say, just stick to your guns, and just do it yeah there's that saying isn't there and it's self-doubt killed more dreams than failure ever did um a hundred percent it's just super important like at the moment and I'm sure I hope he doesn't mind me talking about this but Erkan's trying to he's trying something new and that's my fella and he's like oh he's getting out of his comfort zone and trying to move into a different space and He's so racked with self-doubt and insecurity. And like every time he posts, he has this real attack of like lack of confidence. And I honestly, I say it to him, I was like, you know, whenever anybody started doing something, like it wasn't good. Like my first podcast wasn't great. Like my first book wasn't great. Like, you know, my first attempt at TV or presenting whatever, it wasn't great. Like you've got to be, you've just got to start sometimes, you know, and like, I know it's scary and I know it's not going to be perfect, but you've just got to get yourself out there. Cause otherwise, like you'll never know how good and amazing you can be. Exactly. And you'll kick yourself. And that's the thing. There's, there's no rule book that says you have to be perfect. There's no Mm. rule book that you should start a business and it needs to be amazing straight away. But what you do need to do is just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And if you don't stop and you're relentless, it will always be successful because you're not going to let it not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to be like a bulldog with it, haven't you? You've got to be consistent, passionate and just attack it. Yeah. That's the main thing. Passion. Yeah. You are so fired up. What's your, what's your company called? So my company is called Mermaid Hair. Um, and it's always been Mermaid. Obviously, um, our little slogan is it's a main, even mermaids would envy. Um, (laughs) and it was, it was funny on the show because they actually turned around to me and said, but Danny, mermaids aren't real. And I felt like saying, well, neither is Santa Claus and people make millions from Christmas. So <laughs> you fucking tell them, girl. Yeah. yeah. Love that. So, yeah. What's next for you then? Like, I know, obviously, you can't tell me too much about the outcome of the show. That's absolutely fine. I wish you the absolute best of it. But what is next for you? Like, is Mermaid Hair like, going to be your focus? Had this potentially whet your appetite for more TV? 
So Mermaid, I think, will always, it's like my child, like it's grown with me. And I think I will never, ever stop that. Like I've got the salon, I've got a training academy and I do like, I'm looking to hopefully expand that. Um, Actually, since leaving the show, I thought, okay, I want to do something product based, um, something that I can ship out to the masses, basically. Um, And I actually created a range of products um, specially formulated for hair extensions. So I've got shampoos, conditioners hair masks all of those things so hopefully they'll be in a boots or a super drug near you sometime soon that'd be lovely but I actually I actually really did enjoy uh the tv side of things and I did enjoy sort of speaking about business and that side of things so that is definitely something I would look to sort of go into in the future um but definitely from a perspective of positivity and and kind of just trying to help other people do what I've done Oh, honestly, but there's so much room for all of us um, in this industry. And I feel like we'd be all the better for it if we had more people like you. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Before I let you go, because I know you've probably got a million and one things on today. You are a busy woman. <laughs> Quick question to ask you, Danny. Um, I've heard that you have like a weird way of coping when you're overwhelmed. Do you mind, <laughs> do you mind telling us about it? Yeah, I'll share because I think it's actually uh, quite a big, a good bit of advice. If I ever feel um, overwhelmed, then what I do is I sit down and have a sugary drink. <laughs> oh no, but I think that's a really nice way of coping. When you say a sugary one, do you mean like a tea with loads of sugar or like a Lucas? I mean like a full fat Coke, just sit there, have a sip and I feel like it does definitely bring you back to life. Is that your little comfort? It is, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't really because I should be watching the waistline, but I just feel like it calms the nerves. Oh, bless you, babe. I'm trying to think what I do when I'm overwhelmed. I just fucking wind myself up till I'm an ang- Scream. An yeah, yeah. <laughs> a nervous ball of energy. Yeah. Maybe I'll try that. I do need to look at doing something. Just sit, in any situation, just sit down and have a sugary drink. You'll be all right. <laughs> Bless you, babe. Um, I'm going from one bit of useful information to another here at Vicky Patters and the Secret too. We always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners a couple, a pearl of wisdom, so to speak. Um, and it's obvious what yours should be, mate. I'd like to know what your secret is to being a boss, babe. I think my secret to being a boss, babe, is just knowing yourself and being a good person and just doing what you love every single day. Because I think happiness is definitely the key to success. I think it's so important you know they say find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life and like I know that's so cheesy like everything it's true yeah but even if you love something so much and you're so passionate about it like some days will feel like graph but honestly mate I like my job I love it so I always feel grateful and it never it never feels too arduous and I kind of suppose if you're building a business and you've only got yourself to be beholden to that is really important like you have to love it and be passionate yeah, of course. Or you, you'd give up, wouldn't you? If, you? if you don't enjoy something, there's only so long you can do it for. So I definitely think that that is definitely the key to key to being a boss, babe. You're so relatable. You're so amazing. You're so inspirational. I feel like if, I don't know how The Apprentice goes, I wish you the best of luck. But I feel like you've potentially got like a, a future in like motivational speaking or something, Danny. Like you really uh, have. 
I just need to get a bit better at public speaking though, because I do speak so fast. I don't think anyone would understand me. Lord Sugar oh. actually told me um, last night in the episode that I should work at horse racing and commentating <laughs> on the horses because I speak so fast. Oh, fuck me. If you said that about you, I would have now wanted to stand with me. I speak a million miles an hour, mate. Um, oh. Well, thank you so much for being such a fantastic guest and good luck with the rest oh. of your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. You're welcome, lass. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.